0: The fantasy Focus football podcast is presented by Geico. Whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to Geico.com today. Fantasy, you're in the whole six o one o. Fantasy, focus. Fantasy, fantasy, focus.
1: Welcome to the fantasy Focus football podcast. The crew. Star, bell for a preview show on a friday what's that
2: it's, tra- it's a tradition like no other me <laughs> uh, trying to
1: it's a yeah it's a
2: tradition <laughs> like no other me trying to mess with my ifb and get that in while the show is starting up
1: i just want to take a moment to note that what i thought you were gonna say was a tradition a tradition unlike any other in which i try to introduce the show and you take me to task for something and so today I came in with the most generic, simple, lame, to-the-point intro I could think of. Welcome into the show. It's Field, Matthew, and Stefania. It's a Friday. And you know what happened? What's that? You didn't interrupt me. No, I didn't. Thank you for that. No, you're welcome. I appreciate you. Sure, I appreciate you. You're doing well, my friend. You're doing well?
3: Field didn't know what to do with him, so he's like... And I have nothing else to say because yeah, I'm that's waiting a good point. for somebody to cut point. me off. You know what? Kyle
1: raises but, a very good point. And thank you. What, what's that? Uh, so Matthew is donning this very handsome shirt. For those that are watching yeah. on the live stream right now, they can already see it. But I happen to be, I'm, I'm usually the, Kyle and I are the early birds of this show. Um, Matthew and Daniel arrive around the same time. So I had, but Daniel was here a little bit after Matthew. And I had pointed out to Matthew how much I admired his shirt. It very comfortable, Which, very which Seasonally I took as a huge.
2: I took as a huge compliment. Field is my fashion spirit animal. I've said this a lot along. Stefania is my handcuff. When Field's <laughs> not available, I'll ask Stefania. Like if a tie goes, whatever. What, it's it's really on all those. But Field is mo- on all the. Well, but yeah. like on fantasy football now on Sunday mornings, like you know, I'll ask you guys if only you know i will bring in a couple there, of ties you know, and I'll ask he, them to choose really, for me. He
3: reluctantly asked me.
2: Yeah, you're the handcuff. It's, you know, but given you know, Field's my starter. Always start your studs, <laughs> and so. Uh, anyway, so, Field, I, who I have a tremendous respect for in many facets of life, but especially fashion.
1: Mostly fashion.
2: Mostly fashion, but. None of There's a couple <laughs> other areas where you've done very well for yourself. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> no, this, so anyway, the fact that I got an unsolicited compliment on a shirt, I was very excited about it, especially because I just picked it out because it's crazy comfy. It's super warm, it's cold here in Bristol right now. And it's crazy comfy and warm. Oh, it's
1: bitterly cold by the it way. Is. It's freaking but you didn't 10 degrees. Finish out. But it's a very co-
3: Did you you meant to say that Daniel then?
1: Well, then Daniel followed up yeah, you, and you, Daniel you, you, happened to come in right. like 10 minutes later and was like, "That's a really nice shirt, Matthew." So this is a winner. There you go. This <laughs> is your new starting
2: Friday shirt. I may I may sleep in it. I may wear this all next week. Don't do that. Okay.
0: Rewind.
2: news from the National Football League. This is the instant, instant replay. That is a helpful hint. I just want to take one quick moment here to uh to thank you Field, you along with uh Tristan Cockcroft and Matt Bowen, the three of you all terrifically you guys tag teamed and wrote love hate for me this week and I want to thank Mike Clay who filled in for me on Tuesday. Um I'll deal with uh you know, so it was uh as we wrote in the column, it was uh, it was a family emergency that came up. Nothing life threatening, um, and uh, it involves one of my kids. And when that child's a little bit more out of the woods, I'll talk about it further. But uh, anyway, I just want to say thank you to you, thank you to Mike, thank you to Tristan and Matt Bowen, and thank you to everyone that reached out on social media when they read that, uh, expressing their uh, their concern and their well wishes. It was uh, it meant a lot. All it is good And
1: Keith. Did I did I hear this correctly that we had the most reads of Love Hate in the History of the Column yesterday on the first day? No question about it. Really? I mean it was we it was that, the right? best probably the best received Love Hate in the History of
0: the Column.
2: And I heard Tuesday's <laughs> podcast was actually the highest rated podcast of and the Wednesdays, year, is that
0: correct? Thursdays. That is accurate and but on top of that in- I actually got stopped by Bob Iger in the hallway and saying the <laughs> fantasy shows on Monday and Tuesday were the two best fantasy shows they've ever seen on ESPN+. I and should I-
2: – I should, you know what? I, and I should acknowledge that as well. I, I apologize. Um, uh, Daniel, so this thing that happened, this family emergency happened while I was on set of the fantasy show. We had just started taping. We had been about 10, 15 minutes into the show. And so, like, I immediately had to leave and, uh, and go to the emergency room. And so, uh, Daniel – Daniel took over and hosted uh hosted both shows, hosted the Monday and Tuesday show. So thank you, Daniel, yeah, for filling and it was, in. Uh, and you're well.
0: I mean, Bob said he loved it. So that yeah, was sure, great. sure.
2: And everyone, uh, and every, and thank you to everyone in the entire staff of the fantasy show, the entire ESPN fantasy staff, and everyone here that was uh, incredibly gracious and uh, maneuvered a bunch of schedules and uh, helped me out. Um, uh, ESPN does a lot of great things, but uh they are unbelievably supportive when the when things happen in real life. So anyway, my thanks to the entire company and specifically the, the staffs of this podcast of the fantasy show and the editorial department of ESPN fantasy. Um but listen, knowing the huge success when I wasn't here, can I just can I leave? Can I Trent Williams?
0: Get the heck out of here. I was can gonna I let just... you go. I was gonna Yeah. But I don't think we can lose that shirt on today's show. <laughs> great point, Daniel. Great, great All right. point. All right. We've, we've screwed around
2: long enough. Let's get to some football.
1: We start with Thursday night's game when the Raiders improved to five and four, 26 to 24 is the final score. Couple of takeaways maybe from last night. Um, we can go a couple of different directions. We want to talk about Tyra Williams a little bit. Um, I'll hijack that just for one second to say that. Melvin Gordon appears to be all the way back. Yeah, uh, Melvin Gordon ran explosively last night. He found the end zone. He had how many catches? Two catches last night. One catch for 25 yards. It Correct. was a long, uh, he sort of um, toe tap down. As yeah. If
3: you watch him, you're like, oh, I remember that guy. That's, that's right. A, that's what you saw. You Breaking look, it's, tackles, it's, spin moves. I mean, it really looked 100%. Looked, like looked
2: explosive. Yeah. Looked tough to tackle. look Looked like Melvin Gordon, right. 2018. Looked and, like the guy
1: we remembered. Yes, so good news there. And if you have been, I think most people who drafted him were able to play the long game because of the fact that they got him at such a discounted price. For sure. He was a reasonable bench piece. You feel good about that going forward, <laughs> including Stefania Bell. But,
2: but I think I think the the concern here, and concern is maybe not the right word, but so in a game in which, you know, listen, the Chargers were competitive, obviously, and they just lost, you know, last second there. um, Melvin Gordon got 23 touches. Austin Eckler got eight How about that and, yeah. and look he he bails you out because he caught the touchdown pass late and and so you're excited about that unless you're me and playing against him like I am because Scott Clark has him in the world of and Scott Clark is trying to Scott Clark me this week <laughs> and so so yeah so of course like a freaking Scott Clark anyway but uh, yeah so how concerned are you field and Stefania if you have Austin Eckler because it had been pretty much an even split. And here, again, he bails out with a touchdown. But you can't feel good about a 23-8 to 8 touch disparity between the two running backs.
1: Yeah, I don't feel great about it. But I still think he is up there. I think the Patriots, the Chargers, maybe the Saints or the three backfields where you can probably start two guys.
3: You know Packers gonna, as well. Excuse yeah. me. I'm forgetting Packers, the Packers. Yep. And you know um, you're going to get some points.
1: Yes, so I still feel fine about Austin Eckler. Again, thinking about where too. you drafted him. Oh, 49ers. 49ers. Yeah. yeah so I'm sorry. There are a handful of backfields right. where you can start both players and feel pretty confident about them. I still think the passing game upside for Austin Eckler is ridiculous. I know that last night only eight touches, but going into that game, I believe he led all running backs in terms of catches so far this season. So still feel pretty good about him. On the don't-know-if-I-feel-as-great-about-it side, Tyrell Williams is Is he only a matchup play? Part of what he did at the beginning of the year was masked by the fact that he caught a touchdown in four straight games. We knew that was bound to regress. But he's now under 15 receiving yards in back-to-back games, under 50 receiving yards in five of seven games this season. Do we think that Tyra Williams is sort of matchup dependent here, or are we still just sort of starting him because he is the nominal number one target in this passing game?
2: here's the weird part is I don't necessarily think he's matchup dependent but he's touchdown dependent
1: okay fair enough so I mean like
2: that's what it is right I mean he's never been a huge volume guy and even when he was having success in Oakland earlier in the season it was all it was touchdown based right what did he score I think he scored in his first five games first six five straight games five straight games
1: need to correct myself
2: and so so yeah I mean like here's like his line three for 25 like you'd like a little bit more there but like if he if it's three for 25 and a touchdown that's basically what Tyrell Williams has been doing this year. So I think he's he's a touchdown-dependent wide receiver
1: three. Yep, three catches, exactly, in five straight games for Tyrell Williams. So touchdown-dependent seems about right, but this Raiders offense is playing much more effectively. I believe Mike Clay notes this, that uh, they're the only team in the NFL, I think, with three offensive touchdowns and now six straight games. So the Raiders offense kind of humming. Yeah. It, it is, but,
0: well.
2: but the concern of that, the concern of them playing well is the reason they have been playing well is, honestly, they've been getting everyone involved. You've yeah. seen more Hunter Renfro. Josh Jacobs getting yeah. more involved in the passing game. And Waller the Baller has suddenly become Waller the Smaller. I and had, that, it's, uh, Well done right thanks. there. Get Hi.
3: this. I had a league where I posed a question Okay. At, to the pub because I had injuries and bye weeks. And my choices, this is just a couple weeks ago, Hunter Renfro and Darius Slayton. People saying- Get out of fantasy football if those are your two choices. Well, we were down. It's a huge 14-team league. You're down right, to Von sure Devere. sure. These two... <laughs> I'm getting a note from Daniel that says big girl voice. Because I'm not loud, and I, then they yell at me because I'm not loud enough into the microphone.
2: Got it. Understood. Uh, Thank you for taking us behind the... Vo-
3: in yeah. my big girl voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hunter Renfo and Darius Slayton both turning out to put up points. They you know, are. You know, not... Look, they're not your starter's. No. But if you're desperate for a flex play, Hunter Renfro is now seeing involvement that I don't think is going away.
2: If you are in deeper leagues, look, I like Hunter Renfro. I think he's a nice little player here. Darius Slayton, I think, is a little, you know, listen, hey, opportunity there with Sterling, Sterling Shepard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm with you, Stefania. I think a deeper league pl- a PPR option potentially going forward. But Darren Waller's actually concerning me. First six games, he a guy that averaged 17.5 fantasy points per game. Last three games, including last night, in which he went three for forty on five targets, he had one bad drop, but still, like he's just not being involved as much, and teams are either targeting him in terms of really focusing defensive attention on him, or and Derek Carr spreading the ball around so much. So over the last three games, including last night, he's averaging seven point eight fantasy points per game for the season. Seven point eight fantasy points per game is tight in seventeen, just ahead of TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, not great. So just want to point that out, Daniel, real quickly. TJ Hawkinson, tight in eighteen on the season.
0: Just <laughs> you know, in a first round pick here, Detroit just Lions. Real, real so quick question of, Where's Jordan Reed at on the season? I'm just wondering. Ooh, uh, yeah, a low blow right there. Loblo. Uh, yeah. You know from what he's you. taking
2: care of his health for, yeah. for, <laughs> okay. for the longevity of his life. Oh, That's what about okay? How about he's Vernon t- Davis? Bernard Davis has had a career you can only dream of. <laughs> uh, he's had a career that, um. I'm sorry, what, uh, Jeremy Sprinkle? Where's Jeremy Sprinkle at so far this year? Really? Jeremy Sprinkle? You, uh, <laughs> you you, the- TJ Hawkinson <laughs> went like whatever, whatever he went. <laughs> top 15? Like what, what was his draft pick? Was, where was he Eighth. picked? Eighth. Eighth, Eighth overall pick. and you're, and that's where you're going. You, Jeremy Sprinkle smack talk?
0: Hey, That's man. fine. Hey,
2: That's just, fine. Yeah, you got me. Okay. You got me. Your eighth, your no, no, no. eighth overall pick okay, has so been better than Jeremy yeah, Sprinkle yeah, yeah. this okay, year. So you got deal. me. This is how arguments with wow. Matthew works. Thank you very he much. He gives
0: it to it's you, funny. and then you try and come back to him, and it's like oh, Jeremy no, Sprinkle toss back time. He, he
3: gave you your number course. one. You're number two, yeah. and then your number three. And then yeah, I'm one of them
0: got because you were insulting my
3: time.
2: Jordan Reed is hurt. Uh-huh. He's hurt, and it's he, listen. And we wish him the best. We want him to take of care of himself. We, we want this guy to have a long, healthy life. Yes, we do. Right, Vernon Davis at age, I believe he just qualified for Social Security. Right, so yes. he is. He's been nothing short of uh, of fantastic. Like, yeah. like, let's see if Ver, let's see if T.J. Hawkinson's even playing in the league at thirty five. Forget at a high level the way Vernon Davis is. Right, and and then Jeremy Sprinkle, whatever. For the record, by the way, Vernon Davis on a, on a completely defunct offense that, that's, that sucks, right? And at age 35 years old is averaging one fantasy points per game less than TJ Hawkinson. Matthew Stafford's been nothing short of fantastic this year.
1: Hold on. Nobody cares. Let's talk about the injuries. How about that? Fair enough? I'm just yelling at Daniel. Okay. Moving on, just defying his top injury condition. No, but Darren Waller, we're back to Darren Waller. My point is, you is your, that. You had your chance. No, R- then
2: Daniel the interrupted it. Make the point. I'm nervous about Darren Waller. Great job, okay. Daniel. We got Matthew. Anyone, <laughs> Anyone else? <laughs> am I the only one that's worried about him?
3: No, no I am a little nervous. Too. Move on.
1: All right, let's move forward. It's time now for Stefania's top injury concerns of the week, and some of them might not be much of a concern. Stefania, we begin with Patrick Mahomes, who actually looks like he has a chance to play on Sunday.
3: He does. And by concerns, I'll tell you why these qualify. These are like the five biggest either impact because their names or storylines or they affect other fantasy players on your roster as well. So that's how I sort of come up with the top five for the week. Patrick Mahomes, um, yes, doing more. Listed as a full participant in practice, I will say, still running with the number twos in those full practices. And Andy Reid being sort of vague is saying we want to see how much how how does he respond, how well he moves around. Uh, they're not giving us a hint yet. Obviously, today being Friday, we should have a pretty good idea. But the the the, um, the arrows are pointing in the direction of him returning this weekend, at least as of right now. Been three weeks since he dislocated his patella on a Thursday night game, so it would be just over three weeks in his return.
1: Okay, so we expect to see Patrick Mahomes back, Matthew. It is simple: Patrick Mahomes returns. You start Patrick Mahomes. Titan defense is actually fairly tough, but it's Patrick Mahomes. It's the king. You feel great about that. Hashtag analysis. Thank you for that, Stefania. David Johnson. He also has been participating in full uh, full practices so far this week. You think he'll be back?
3: I did. Well, he says he'll be back. He says okay. he's definitely playing. Like.
1: You hear definitely, that? Arizona definitely. Cardinals Twitter handle?
3: Yeah, he's definitely playing. He's missed the last two games, obviously, with the ankle issue after he stepped on the field and played three snaps. Um, so this week against Tampa Bay, full David Johnson, and there you go.
1: Okay, Matthew, uh, I know some people are a little bit concerned because that Bucks run defense is really, really good, but you and I are actually mm-hmm. fairly bullish on David Johnson this week. I think both of us feel as though – Yes, it's going to be hard to run the football against them. But yes, David Johnson is one of the best pass catching running backs in football.
2: Weeks one through six. So don't yep. count the week seven game in which he left. At you know, you remember that week seven game where he was only going to play in an emergency, and uh, I don't Cliff Kingsbury that. No, decided no, I don't, I don't that uh, a zero zero tie in the first quarter was an emergency, and so David Johnson played and, and then left early, and then Chase Edmonds started, and then the Twitter account trolled all of us. I don't, I don't remember So any of anyway, that. <laughs> so forget that game. Yeah. Forget that game. So weeks one through six. David Johnson ran 20 average 27 routes run per game. Uh, and so right now among qualified running backs, Le'Veon Bell leads the NFL among running backs in 27 routes run per game. So he would be tied for, you know, those first six weeks when he was healthy, he was a guy that was running a bunch of routes. You think about the Arizona Cardinals offense and what they found in Kenyon Drake. My expectation here is that you see Drake do some of the running. They'll, they'll switch off the running, but David Johnson's going to be involved, uh, a lot as a pass catcher in a great matchup against a secondary that can't guard anyone. If David Johnson's active, you're the starting fo- David Johnson. The
3: follow-up to that, because a lot of people are asking, is what do I do with Kenyon Drake? Chase Edmonds obviously still... What do I do danger. with Kenyon Drake? Okay, so what do you do? Are you? I'm going? asking you! Well, I wouldn't be starting him unless I was absolutely desperate, because I think David Johnson's going to assume his role as being the feature back. I don't know how much work is left for Kenyon Drake. I, I will say that I um projected David Johnson lower at the start of the week because I wanted to see how he did with full practices Okay, and how Arizona sort of played it. Like, were they going to be careful in bringing him back? Was there going to be any sort of a snap count? All the chatter is that he comes back, he's fully back. So to me, that makes Kenyon Drake's value go out the window for me unless I'm absolutely desperate to change
2: pages. See, I'm okay with him as a flex because <laughs> I, I think there'll be enough work there again David Johnson get a, a workload here, but I think this is a high scoring game. I mean remember it, it you know, the over under I believe is fifty two at the moment. Uh and so I haven't checked the most recent line. It's, boards, it's yeah. one of the highest yeah. on, it's one of the highest on the week. So my expectation is that Kenyon Drake, after how well he played last week, doesn't go away, and then you think about six teams on a bye, and you're just scraping around for anyone with a pulse in some leagues. And yeah. so scraping. Yeah. So I I think uh I believe that Kenyon Drake is a viable flex play this week going up against Tampa Bay in that and that pass defense. Again, Kenyon Drake can be used in the um uh in the passing game as well. So I there's certainly some risk there with Drake, but I, I think we're gonna talk throughout this show field about different guys that are, you know, sort of borderline flex plays that like you don't love in a normal week, but given how many teams are on a buy this week that you kind of like If you squint your eyes, you can sort of make a case for it, and I think Kenya Drake's in that class.
1: Uh, James Conner Stefanius seems like the first player on this list so far that is an actual concern.
3: Yeah, a real concern, although the week started out sort of positive. He was back in practice, and then he didn't practice at all on Thursday, and now it's sort of the tea leaves are sort of pointing to him potentially not playing. This is complicated because... Um, in, in terms of their running back situation, obviously Jalen Samuels is the go to for fantasy purposes. He's the number one, but Trey Edmonds, who ended up leading the team in carries last week, he's banged up with a rib injury, didn't practice either day this week, so he may not be available. Um, Benny Snell's still out with a knee injury. They signed, uh, one of the, uh, re signed running back Darren Hall to their practice squad. Obviously, they need people on the field to practice okay. this week. But I think it's going to be a workload for Jalen Samuels, who ended up being big in the passing game for them last time.
2: Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. I mean, I think Jalen Samuels is a, you know, borderline RB1, you know, a top-12-ish kind got of play. In ranks, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Right, right, number 10 for me amongst running back ranks against the Rams this weekend. 13 catches last weekend, Matthew. How do you ignore this guy? I, yeah, I don't think you can. I think, um, you know, uh, I haven't adjusted
2: my ranks to, uh, to account for James Conner yet, but yep. Jalen Samuels will be moving up. Uh so anyone seeing the video may say, like, oh, why do you have him at seventeen? I think he's higher than that. So uh after I, I always do update my ranks after the Friday practices and we get a much better sense of who's in and who's out. So uh Connor, uh J- Jalen Samuels will certainly be moving up. Remember, Jalen Samuels, uh so far in his career, when he's getting at least ten touches, He averages over 18 fantasy points per game. We expect him to get over 10 touches against the Rams in a game in which they're going to need to throw to keep up with L.A.
1: No question about that, Stefania, A.J. Green. This has been a weird one. We talked to you on Wednesday, and at that time, there was a lot of optimism. Since then, not so
3: much. I was full of optimism, and part of it was because of how A.J. Green sounded and the kind of work that he was doing, but... Do you guys remember when he had this ankle injury and I said, everybody was talking about how long until he comes back. And I said, it's not even how long until he comes back. My worry is once he does, is this ankle going to continue to be a problem? That concern has manifested itself before we even ever got to game participation because as he increased his activity, he ended up having recurring swelling in his ankle. I said all along that I thought there was a joint issue here that had the potential to be problematic for him. And yes, You look in the whole big picture in the context of things. What happens to him? He goes to free agency after this year. He's trying to look out for his long term health. But this is not a guy who I believe and I've seen this out there that, oh, you know, he's just not willing to play. Not the way he's been working. And if you look at his history, extraordinary work ethic and trying to come back, it's in his interest to get fully healthy. This is not the way he wants it to go. So uh, definitely having problems still with his ankle. And now he's as much as said he will not be available. His ankle is bothering him too much.
1: Matthew, it's a huge bummer. We'll see if we see A.J. Green at all this season. But let's focus on the short term right now, other bangles and what impact there is whatsoever. are we Kind of back to where we were before, which was Tyler Boyd, do you feel fine for him as a low-end wide receiver too, maybe a flex and then audentate sort of the deeper league name to consider, given the volume and the skills that he has shown so far this season.
2: Five for 91, the last time he faced these Baltimore Ravens. He got 12 targets as well. Ravens have struggled a little bit in the secondary. They're 18th against the pass over the last four weeks. The interesting thing will be is, like again, as you're sort of sifting around and we're talking about, you know, like, I need somebody, like will Alex Erickson who has sort of come on recently yeah. have more of a role here because the previous game against the Ravens he wasn't really a factor and so it had been sort of the Auden Tate show and, and so and and they and they they used Humphrey against Tyler Boyd which we weren't really expecting so you saw a lot of that so it'll be interesting to see uh what happens there uh I prefer Tate to Erickson this week if you're choosing between you know non Tyler Boyd wide receivers but it's all you know not ideal. No, That's very, a, a very good, desperate.
1: Very good secondary. New quarterback. It's the Bengals. I was just going to say, you know?
2: Ryan Finley makes his debut. Rookie quarterback against the Ravens. That's a tough spot to. Poor um
3: Poor guy. I think. It, remember, we were saying on Wednesday. How excited are you if you're Ryan Finley? And you get AJ Green back. How depressed are you, Ryan Finley, on Thursday when yeah. you right. find out no? You're not getting
2: AJ Green. You got to face the Ravens. All that said, if there's one positive here. Is they've known this is coming? Like so, they named Ryan Finley the starter a while ago. So they've been able to practice all through the bye week. They've had two weeks to prepare for the Ravens and get Ryan Finley up to speed. So we'll see how that all you plays are very out.
1: Positive. If you're looking for a positive. There is one. They've had there two full weeks to prepare for the <laughs> six and two Baltimore Ravens. Correct. All right, Savini. This one isn't sort of. This one has not flown under the radar entirely, but because the first practice report came out last night with a Monday night game. There's starting to be some growing concerns surrounding George Kittle for this uh, for the 49ers.
3: Yeah, and I think I think it has flown under the radar because we saw Kittle go back in the game last Thursday after he hyperextended his knee, he played for a while, then it was bothering him, and he comes out, watches the rest from the sideline. And you think, oh, okay, you know that's understandable. You pull him out now, and you, you save him going into next week. But uh, the knee issue is not the only thing he's dealing with. He's also got an ankle injury, and you just look at again the big picture. Um, the fact that he's not able to practice and I would, uh, I would suspect that it's, there's a higher chance that Kittle does not play on Monday night than that he plays. He's George Kittle. He's a gamer. He may try and make a case for it last minute, but right now, as of today, I do not expect George Kittle to be there on Monday.
1: Very difficult to finally be there at that game on Monday night. Very difficult to, uh, to handle this one from a fantasy perspective because you might have to make a choice. Early on Sunday. So I guess the question, Matthew, would be if you have George Kittle, is your instinct to find the best available option for Sunday and play that player, or do you ride it out and then at 7 p.m. on Monday night, you prepare yourself to either add. Let's say Jacob, Jacob Hollister, Hollister or Ross Dwelly from the 49ers, mm-hmm. who's been sort of a fullback for them, but has caught some passes. But, but it will late. be interesting
3: because Kyle Juszczyk expected back for Monday night. So kind of wonder how that could mix things up for them. I, I think from it amazed.
1: depends on
2: what your options are. OK, I, you know, so it's, it's hard to sort of give a blanket statement. I, if you have another viable option at tight end. Yeah. You know, if Delaney Walker doesn't play and John o. Smith is out there, okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Somebody like that that has shown some some pulse. Okay, so there you go. So right. So it depends on sort of who's available to you. Like, you know, Rhett Ellison, Evan Ingram not going to play. So how about Rhett Ellison against the Jets? Right. Um so it it sort of depends on your level of risk. But I, I believe ultimately, uh, that George Kittle is so good and so tough and that even fifty percent of George Kittle is better than Hundred percent of most other players, I think it's probably worth the gamble to pick up Jacob Hollister uh, if you can, and then see what happens on Monday night.
1: I like that. Ap- I like that approach. Is like if you can snag because there are six teams on a buy. So um, the reason I mentioned, well, actually that would hurt your chances because you might have to keep players, but you might have to like let's say your quarterback's on the yeah. bye you might already be rostering a second quarterback but if you have that flexible bench spot maybe make the move right now on someone like Hollister who had two touchdowns last week and then ride it out with Kittle i think the yeah i think the, yeah, I think the
2: difference between a guy like Jacob Hollister and someone that's like a you know a Jonu Smith the Red Elson and some of these other guys then uh i think that the difference there is not enough for me to, to completely take away the opportunity to get Kittle even if he's less than 100% yep Cool. So Good that's that's how her. I would uh, that's how to approach that. But again, it sort of all depends on your options and where you are in your league and how else how you feel about your team this week versus your opponent and a lot of factors that go into it.
1: More injuries coming up, but now we move over to Lions and Bears and Matthew oh Stafford has been red. Well done, right there, Stefania. Matthew Stafford's been red hot of late, arguably one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy football over the past three weeks. But now he has a very very difficult matchup yours truly wrote the quarterback section of love hate this week and matthew stafford made the hate section i've got him at 17 this week in my running, my, me, my quarterback rankings oh, and if, and the thoughts and why um, It's very personal. As you know, love yeah. hate has always been about personal opinion yeah, and feelings corrected. and emotions. So it's yep. all personal. I hate yep. Georgia. No, I love Matthew Stafford. I love the Lions, too. Um sure. But, and I'm, I have credit. One all pride. Of this. All of this goes to uh, Kyle Sapi. The great research from Kyle Sapi each week. But where he has thrived this season he is throwing the ball to the perimeter because he has two outstanding targets in Kenny Galladay and also Marvin Jones Jr. He ranks first in points per completion to the perimeter. 1.24. Right. That's also the one area, or one of the areas, where the Bears have basically been eliminators this season. They are second in the NFL in points per opponent perimeter completion at .53, second to only the Patriots. And for whatever reason, all NFC North quarterbacks, not just Matthew Stafford, but the great Aaron Rodgers, the sometimes good Kirk Cousins, and other quarterbacks along the way have struggled at Soldier Field over the past three seasons. The last time an NFC North quarterback went into Soldier Field and scored more than 20-plus points... He was throwing the football to Calvin Johnson. Yes, it was Matthew (laughs) Stafford. That was a long time ago. Long time ago. A long, long time ago. So
2: Since the beginning of the 2016 season, only one quarterback has thrown three or more touchdown passes in Chicago. That was Tom Brady in 2018, week seven of last year. So, yeah, I I think it's – and Stafford has traditionally struggled uh, on the road when he's not playing in a dome, and so – I'm with you here. Uh, I think Stafford is somebody that is uh, merely a mid-tier QB two this week.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way there on Stafford. A little bit nervous, but conversely, same game, different position. David Montgomery found the end zone twice last week. Before that, really good. Yeah. Daniel is ardent. Don't play
0: t- David Montgomery. Yeah. Stay Against away. My is,
3: tough Lions run what defense. Is Daniel, though? Rank, what does Daniel
0: know? What does Daniel know? That's a good question. It's not about. It's not about my <laughs> tough Lions run defense. Oh,
3: okay. What's it about? Don't it's about angry. the idea
0: that David Montgomery is maybe he's just not a good running back. How about the fact that they gave the ball to Tariq Cohen at the one yard line rather than big old David Montgomery who they're this It's hilarious and just great <laughs> to think about. Yes, it. Right. Like you've
1: got this two hundred and twenty five pound freight <laughs> yeah. train, and instead, let's hand it to the guy let's who like makes field. That's look the check. only time that's happened, by the way. David Montgomery has eleven
2: of the Bears, twelve carries inside the five yard line this yeah. season. Like and I'm, listen, I'm not even a David Montgomery fan. Like he was he was not a big sleeper for me the way he was for others. Uh, going into the season all that said like he's their goal line back like and that's what's kept his fantasy value afloat is that they keep giving him chance after chance after chance when they get in close I mean look he's averaging since week four he's averaging 13.9 fantasy points per game and yet he ranks 37th of 43 running backs in yards per carry over that stretch I mean so it's just been a volume thing with him yeah right so So
0: Richardson is what you're saying
2: he, honestly, the underlying number, I don't, I think he's a little bit better than Trent Richardson. But, yeah, I mean, underlying numbers suggest sort of that, that it's, I don't think it's all on David Montgomery. I think it's the offensive line. I think the whole offense, candidly, is broken. Totally. And,
0: yeah. and that's, it is it is not just about David Montgomery. Hate, but, like, without having, like, Mitchell Trubisky in that passing game is but not little. thriving. So, like, obviously teams are going to want to key in and stop the run. So. Uh, but, I'm I don't know. I I think he's a top twenty play this week. Just again, given the other options that are out there,
2: given the volume that you expect here, I'm not really that worried about Detroit. I mean, over the last four weeks, they're thirtieth against the run. The Lions are thirtieth against the run. We've been brutal, Awful. absolutely brutal
1: against. Very the run. surprising. I, mean, so, that's, that, I thought on paper would be the strength. Agreed. Of, yeah.
2: Sure. So you know, he, he's going to get he's going to get good volume. He's going to get yeah. good volume in a um, in a good matchup. Because you think about Matt Nagy and what's he going to do? Let Ooh. Trubisky throw it?
1: I actually have yeah. a fun potential board bet here. Yes, sir. Oh, Matthew, but I am I'm, I'm organizing between you two, so you guys can sure. decide. Sure,
0: okay. I don't think more he's the top fantasy 20 points
1: this week. <laughs> David Montgomery or Matthew Stafford?
2: Oh, I would still probably take Stafford just because he's a quarterback. I okay. mean, like, okay. Like me, like, I think uh, it's close though. Give really?
0: me a uh, give me a five point over under on Ty Johnson. I'll take Ty Johnson over David Montgomery this week. Give me five points. Does
2: Ty Johnson get? Five more points. The Bears are—see, I don't know that I—because I here's a, I don't love Ty Johnson, but I will say this. I will say that the Bears are really bad against pass-catching running backs. And so it's whether it's Ty Johnson or J.D. McKissick. I don't know. One of those guys is going to have a good game. The Bears are brutal against pass-catching running backs. So I don't know that we have a—I don't know that right. we have a board, but That's I would do right. something specifically to David Montgomery. I say David Montgomery's a top-20
0: play this week. I— Probably, I'd probably agree with you. The Lions... No, what are you doing? Yeah. Can, you can't start him. are you, Matthew? All the right, horn fine. Blowing? I say David Montgomery is not a top 20 running back this week. Put it on the board! Put it on the board. All right. There I felt go. like that... Oh. Whoa, Keith. Oh, no, what what Keith. Wow. <laughs> cool. Keith,
2: like, breaking stuff. You give the guy one song, and suddenly he's, just, yeah. he's Van yeah. Hilling. Well, the,
3: he's uh, got people he's, who are listeners his kids he's big are big man. Yeah, he's, he's, he's trashing
2: people, the, he's like so. a
1: rock star now. Yeah, and he's and trashing he the control room. That had a Back to the Future feel to it there. Yeah, you a little know, bit. Know, we just basically <laughs> called him chicken, and he yeah. just like, all right, hell with it. Top 20. Yeah. You guys Pretty ever much. feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event <laughs> difficult oh, on purpose per- all, all the time, time. It always the constantly worst. it's as if they're it's so big they can get away with not caring about the customer experience at all. Oh, at all. With millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee SeatGeek provides proves there is a better way. Search sports, live music, comedy, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets you're looking for all in one place. In an industry that tends to stagnate, SeatGeek decided to stand out from the crowd. They built the fastest way to find tickets so you can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all over the web, then it rates each deal on a scale of 1 to 10. Finally, SeatGeek displays them on an interactive seat map. SeatGeek breaks down the details. Green dots mean good deals, red dots are overpriced, and every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets with confidence. SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today And use promo code FFF for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code FFF for $10 off on your first purchase. Kareem Hunt returns this weekend for the Cleveland Browns. And this is totally observational. I have no intel on this. But I I follow the Browns closely. Um, I follow a lot of the reporters there. I follow the team account. I watch a lot of the press conferences because they're usually pretty interesting. Um, Baker, Odell, etc. I talk to Keith every day. That's part of your
2: Browns coverage? That's part of my
1: Browns coverage, yeah. Okay, got it. They have been talking like a team that plans to legitimately use Kareem Hunt on Sunday. Like, Oh, yeah. They sound like a team. But then again, Coach Speak is a very dangerous game to play in the world of fantasy sports. So under what circumstances, Matthew, would you feel comfortable actually having Kareem Hunt in your lineup? So there's a couple. If I played in a Kareem Hunt only league,
2: <laughs> like he's like the number one draft pick, right? I had him, I had him three on my big board, but Fair, sure. Fair, <laughs> understood, understood. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. So I don't believe there are any circumstances in which I would feel comfortable starting Kareem Hunt. Now, are there circumstances in which I would start Kareem Hunt? Sure, of course there are. Look, Kareem Hunt, and we talked about this show on the, uh, on the fantasy show on ESPN Plus yesterday as well. Or I'm I'm sorry. In today's show. It's, it's it's today's show. We um we days the last are night. fleeting. Who cares? Uh, it's it's been a weird week. It's been a weird week here. I'll say. Okay. Look, Buffalo's a lot. Of, um, Buffalo is not a great matchup here, but they're actually struggling against the run. Believe it or not, last four weeks are 31st against the run, and so you think about how this passing game has been inconsistent, and maybe do they try to just run the heck out of the ball, right? And so you're going to see a lot of Nick Chubb, but we'll also get Kareem Hunt in there, and so. Kareem Hunt, who, you know, on a on a points per touch basis when he was when he was active was one of the best in the NFL. So you're telling me Kareem Hunt gets call it eight touches in this game, six to eight touches? Could that be a viable flex play in a week where six teams are on a bye? It could be. It could be because there's a chance that he scores. Uh he's an insanely talented player. We know that. But there's obvious risk because we don't know what the role is. He hasn't played since November nineteenth of twenty eighteen. And it's not a good team. It's not a good offense. And so, you know, if there's a positive here, it's that the game is in Cleveland.
1: You can run on Buffalo and that they may want... I'm sorry? It's the first of three straight games, as a matter of fact. uh, In Cleveland. This is... And I feel like a little bit of a moron for even entertaining this thought. Because I'm actually picking the Buffalo Bills to win this game. But if there is one last gasp for the Browns to get back on track this year, it is because they win these next three games. They're all played at home, which the comforts of home can do some great things to football teams. Sure, um, maybe Kareem Hunt provides a spark plug. You gave the stats from a fantasy perspective about you know his, his efficiency on a points per touch basis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like anybody who knows football knows this guy is an absolute stud. Like you just watch him from a football player perspective. Kareem Hunt is one yeah, of the best we, in the game. We can
2: we can leave the whether he should be playing or not the the moral judgments. That's that's not our job to do, but. From a pure fantasy football perspective, Kareem Hunt is a very good NFL player, but on a team that
1: wants to run the ball. So my my only thought is this: is that if I'm a Browns fan that's hopeful to turn things around, and obviously Keith is one of many of them, that Kareem Hunt can be a galvanizing force for this team. That they've they came into this season with so many expectations, and they've underachieved, and it's hard to dig yourself out of that rut sometimes. Maybe Kareem Hunt is what it takes. Now I with you. I've got him outside my top thirty for running backs. I am starting Kareem Hunt in the War Room League, which is a member. Sixteen team leagues. We have two flex spots, and I've got Sterling Shepard, unlikely to play. AJ Green, unlikely to play. Um, I've got Leonard Fournette on a bye this week. So we are banged up. Yeah. But Kareem Hunt will make our flex spot this week, our second sure. flex spot. I would have him as like a sixteen team only player for this week because you want to see it. But Matthew? Pick him up. Wait, heck, you know it wouldn't spri- you know it wouldn't surprise me? Wouldn't surprise me if next week we're talking about Kareem Hunt I mean I should say I'm not I'm not I'm not necessarily guaranteeing this, but if we were having the conversation next week of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are both top twenty five running back plays, you wouldn't be surprised.
2: Would not at all, especially given how much that passing game has struggled. And you think about this matchup here again. Last four weeks, Bill's thirty first against the run, the third against the pass. So how do you attack Buffalo is you run the ball yep. and Thirsty Kyle throws up on the screen, um uh I didn't have the exact number off the top of my head. So Kareem Hunt averaged one point one one points per touch in twenty eighteen. That was one of the highest rates in the NFL. He gets ten touches. Like that is a very viable flex play.
1: It's going to be hilarious when the Browns give him four carries for eighteen yards on Sunday. That's just you know, like we've talked them all. Four about, carries for like, eighteen yards and two of them are touchdowns, though. Okay, watch that it works. Be that. Like I mean, I, I just. Again, I know I'm Nick just,
2: Chubb's going to get his. It's just whether they want to go more run heavy to take some more pressure off of Beckham and that offensive line.
1: Let's move along to another game involving an AFC North team. That's Beckham the Baker in the
2: offensive line, I should say.
1: Yep, uh, the Steelers are hosting the Rams. Steelers are now four and four. The Rams are coming off of their bye. We'll talk about the Rams in a second. But are you benching Juju Smith Schuster? I'm outside my top twenty. Yeah, so sort of.
2: So he's not a must start if that's the question.
1: So over uh, since week four, he has just one end zone target. One end zone target. It's downright Odell Beckham like. He has under receive under twenty receiving yards in three of his past five games. Mason Rudolph ain't it? That's not it, right? No. no, So you might. Yeah. Not. I mean, since since
2: week six, the Steelers are twenty sixth in pass percentage. Right? The Bills pass more often than the Steelers since week six right and so you know the Rams have a pretty good defense and while we don't expect Jalen Ramsey to shadow Juju Smith-Schuster when he goes in the slot he'll take care of him when he's when he's on the perimeter and there's just there's nothing that we've seen Mason Rudolph was decent against Miami after a slow start ish
1: yeah ish I mean ish. but that's the thing he, decent. Was, decent he was decent ish, decent. ish. <laughs> yeah I agree
2: there's there's nothing that we have seen from Mason Rudolph and the Steelers offense that gives you confidence about Juju Smith Schuster. I mean, if you're starting him, you're starting him in, for a couple reasons. You're starting him because you don't have any other better options, and you're starting him because you know the insane talent of this player, and you're hoping that hoping he gets for loose for one. You're yeah, you're hoping for a touchdown. You're hoping, um, yeah, you're you're hoping that. His insane football talent wins out because yeah, there's nothing not, in this year. There's nothing. There's nothing this year that gives you he, confidence he not in starting going to
3: him. Be a frequent target as long as Mason Rudolph is there. The offense has just completely changed yeah. for
2: him. Yeah, yeah and forty percent of the time he's on the perimeter, so he's going to see right. a decent amount of Jalen Ramsey as well. And sure so, could. yeah. All right. The other thing is, is you know, listen. You think about how Mason Rudolph is, and he struggles under pressure. And one of the reasons why Jalen Samuels had such a huge game against the Dolphins. Is the Dolphins were getting to Mason Rudolph and it was just quick dump offs, right? Now he's got to face Aaron Do- Donald, Aaron Donald, Ugh, not Sam Donald, not the ghost. I'm, apparently, <laughs> I'm seeing ghost. I'm seeing the ghost that Sam Donald. <laughs> I'm seeing the same ghost that Sam Donald is Aaron Donald. Now he's got to see Aaron Donald.
1: And the defensive line of the Rams, like... Yeah, that sounds like a a perilous opportunity ahead. It feels like another reason why we like
2: Jalen uh, Jalen Samuels this week, because it's going to be a bunch of dump-offs.
1: So, same game. Uh, Brandon Cooks took to Instagram last night to update his status regarding his concussion, but this much we already know. He's out for the game, which means Josh Reynolds will step in. So, are you considering starting Josh Reynolds? By the way, can
2: we just... I would just like to applaud Brandon Cooks for one second here. Just, you know, it's nice to see a wide receiver take to social media... And not completely curse out and, and, and burn his career. It's just nice to see. I, I appreciate Brandon that, Cooks. I, I appreciate Brandon Cooks updating us on his uh on his health situation. We wish him the best. Yeah. I've I've actually done an event with Brandon Cooks. He's a great guy. He's like an awesome human being. Brandon
1: Cooks is regarded as one of the finest humans in the NFL. He so, is a fantastic yeah. human being. So we all wish him the High best and in the purest form.
2: Yeah, just an awesome human being. Yeah. And so really hope uh, you know Brandon gets better and gets better soon. Uh, but uh, anyway. Congrats to Brandon. We wish you the best. Let's yeah. talk about Josh Reynolds now.
1: Uh, Josh Reynolds will be the next man up as the third wide receiver for the Rams. Now, Kyle has told us that, uh, they play, uh, and they have a league high 94.6% of their passes since the beginning of last season with Three wide receivers on the field. So you're know, you know that Josh Reynolds he is going to play a lot on the field. Now Mike Clay has cautioned us a couple of times this week that in these opportunities where you expect a lot out of Josh Reynolds, he's delivered nine point nine fantasy points on average when replacing another wide receiver. Remember, Cooper Cup missed time mm-hmm. last year. He's filled in for Brandon Cooks previously. I think this is a player that is perfectly slotted as like a borderline flex play in a deeper league because mm-hmm. he's Jekyll and Hyde. It's he's wide. He's office. a wide receiver four. So we we all have him right around there after the injury updates that Brandon Cooks go through with our rankings and the projections and all that. So if you're in a deeper league, again, our 16-team league, he'll be started this I mean, week. You know, if you're watching
2: this on video right now, if you're watching us on, on YouTube or the ESPN app or Twitter... Or, or the ESPN Fantasy Facebook page. It's hard to remember all the various places you can watch us. But if you're seeing it, you're seeing the video, and you're noting the the stat that is there on the graphic, which is that in his career, when he averages 25 or more routes, he averages almost 12 fantasy points per game. Right last week, eleven. It, it's 11.9, and that last last week that would have been wide receiver 30. Right. Just by the way, borderline wide receiver four, and that's about what we're looking at here with Josh Reynolds, and so. Sort of just depends on kind of your options here. So we don't think he's a must-add or a must-start. But if you're desperate, you could do worse than Josh Reynolds.
1: Now, conversely, you might be dropping, not dropping, but benching his quarterback, Jared Goff, who we know the home road splits. It's apparent it's been that way since the start of last season. The Steelers are good on defense, too. Since week three, they're seventh in scoring defense, fifth in sacks, third in interceptions. They play on that slow grass field in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field and Goff has yet to throw 3 touchdown passes in a game this season 29 quarterbacks have done so somehow Jared Goff is not one of them so he's a bench odd. for me this week and I team like yeah i i completely agree I, I you know look he's been bad
2: on the road the steelers the the struggles that pittsburgh has had has been offensive not not defensive right. like you know yep. the secondary is playing very very well and they get pressure after the quarterback and so
1: I'm with you. It leads perfectly into sort of a modified version of Field and Stream this week because there are six teams on a bye. You've got somebody like Jared Goff in a bad spot matchup-wise. There are other quarterbacks that are in a bad spot matchup-wise, which leads us to our Week 10 streaming and, options.
2: And you're without Carson Wentz. You're without Deshaun Watson. Yeah. You're without Tom yeah. Brady. Right. Yeah. Those
3: would be so. ones on a bye. I know, so,
2: but I just wanted to name them. I it. just wanted to prove to everyone that I knew what teams were on a buy. Gotcha. Yeah, sometimes this you is win. So, yeah, that's right. I just you sometimes win. I want to show off my knowledge. I just want to like I wanted to be like, that's right, that's right. I did it off the top of my head. So let's like that. That was only three. Walk
1: through some okay. options here. Well, of,
2: you've also got you've also got the jag you've also got the jaguars on a buy. You've got you, you know the Redskins.
3: You, you,
1: you
2: looked. You looked at, you looked, at the. Looked, <laughs> you
3: looked at you the could do off the top of your head. Okay. I didn't know, know that it
1: was Weekend fun. streaming Go options ahead. for quarterbacks. We'll start oh, there. Yeah. And then we'll introduce a couple Brandon of Allen, defenses. Dwayne
2: Haskins, stop and Gardner Minshew is on a bye. Stream. No, I'll do it. Stop I'll, it. You stop it. You stop it with so, your big girl voice.
1: All of these streaming options are available in more than 50% of leagues. I'm just going to rip through some of these names. Let me, let me give you a proper setup here. I just, I, it is this. time now. If you need a
2: quarterback <laughs> for America's favorite segment, Field and Stream, Ta-da! starring Field Yates.
1: All right, Field, let's give us some order. quarterbacks to stream in week number 10. Quarterbacks available in more than 50% of leagues, and this is not in a particular order. It's just names to consider. Ryan Tannehill, who uh, plays the Chiefs on Sunday, understanding that Ryan Tannehill has to score to keep up against Kansas City, who we expect to have Patrick Mahomes. He's one of three players right now that has a three-game streak of 19-plus Fantasy points each of the past three games, so there were players on a bye that obviously did not hit that that threshold, etc. But Tannehill has been red hot, uh, or I'd say for fantasy purposes, hot uh, since taking over from Marcus Mariota. Ask a
2: question. I'm just curious. Quick football question. Yeah, in all seriousness, and I, I open this up to the crew. I want everyone to weigh in on this. Ryan Tannehill's been terrific since taking over. Good, as yeah. a, you know, I mean, like pretty good. The, yeah. You know, he's been pretty good, right? You know, he's been good fantasy wise. he Has been good quarterback wise. Has Ryan Tannehill's success? Over the last couple of weeks, does that look worse for Miami, or does that look worse for Marcus Mariota? Mariota but the fact for that, sure.
1: you think so, my first of all, he had six years of Miami to get it done. Yeah, Wouldn't I
2: nobody, know, but you know, is, is that Miami. the organization right? Yeah, you think it looks worse for Marcus Mariota? No question. I don't
0: think it's Tapanya,
1: hundred percent. Yeah,
0: uh, Secret Scroll. So. You want to weigh in on this? No, I'm talking. I'm arguing with Keith about something totally different. Moving <laughs> along here to other streaming options. Sam- I agree with you, by the
2: way. I think it does. It looks terrible for Mariota, who was, uh, you know,
1: Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones will here. be in the same stadium on Sunday. Uh, the Jets, technically, the home team uh, for this game at MetLife. No word on whether the Cats will be available. Uh, but Sam Darnold, they haven't I found them yet. Uh, they haven't found those cats. They haven't yet. found the they black cat yet. Not yet yeah, found that black cat. But in any event, Sam Darnold has not played great in good spots recently. However, there have been seven times that a quarterback has scored over 20 points against the Giants this season. Um, Daniel Jones, over the past two weeks, or excuse me, the last two weeks, quarterbacks against the Jets have totaled 47.7 fantasy points, 567 pass yards, and six passing touchdowns. And I will mention that in the two good spots this year for Daniel Jones... The Bucks and the Lions, he's crushed it. In the other spots, he has not played so well. There seems to be a bit of a trend there. Last one is Jimmy Garoppolo, who was quarterback two last week. I've heard of him. And the Seahawks <laughs> right now are very generous to opposing quarterbacks, as we saw with Jameis this past Sunday. As for some streaming defensive options, believe it or not, the Jets, who face the Giants, have scored 10-plus points in five straight games. I would not have expected that, but that has been the case for the Jets. The Giants play the Jets, and the Jets are an absolute disaster. Remember, the Giants, in a good spot in Week 4 against the Redskins, were the number one scoring defense, so there's been some precedent of them taking advantage of a really, really good matchup. Meanwhile, the Browns, we talked about them earlier on from an offensive standpoint. They have the third highest pressure rate, and Josh Allen owns the lowest passer rating When pressured so far this season, those are all names to consider if you're looking to fill in for the Patriots, who have been outstanding, obviously, as a fill-in defense this year, or a starting defense this year, the Jaguars, and some of the other teams on a bye that have been close to fantasy-relevant for defensive purposes. Now we go back to Stefania, and here are the injuries, Stefania, that aren't necessarily less significant, but sort of a quicker blurb on them because we have a little bit more clarity, I would say.
3: Yeah. Uh, So, we'll start with Le'Veon Bell, who ended up uh, getting his knee looked at this week. Took a big hit in the fourth quarter of last week's game. Adam Gase said he was pretty banged up, pretty sore, and he didn't practice on Wednesday, but he did make it back on Thursday. Limited practice. Gase has said that he expects that he will play this weekend, so it looks like Le'Veon Bell will go. Obviously, all of these, the caveat is do do we
2: Trust is the wrong word, but... You study this stuff much more closely than I do, Stefania, because we know there are certain coaches that are super, very clear yeah. with the media, and there are other coaches that a little more cagey. Yeah,
3: no, where I would you
2: where good. would you put Adam Gase on the you know of the super honest to a little more cagey Just scale? Kind of
3: middle of the road, and I think that you know. It's all too in the context and the presentation. I think he was just saying, "Yeah, he expects it." He he called him sore. I think once they got the word, there was nothing structurally wrong with his knee. Right. It then shifts everybody's feelings, like okay. So it's, it's
2: about just, pain management, and everything yeah, like that. Yeah. Maybe a slightly reduced role. I feel, I, w- I
3: think they feel pretty optimistic.
2: I would say very quickly that. If you were trying to handcuff Le'Veon Bell, I've seen some people picking up time on My expectation is at this point it would be Bilal Powell, who the last couple of weeks has been the second guy in. So just if you were looking to uh handcuff him, that would be the guy.
3: Moving on to Adam Thielen, the Vikings. Remember, he missed Week 8, and uh then he aggravated the hamstring injury that kept him out Week 8 early in last week's game. Uh This really looked like... Exactly the kind of thing you the Vikings did not want to see. Remember last year with Dalvin Cook? I keep going back to that because that was when you have a hamstring injury that becomes chronic. That's what it looks like. And you have to think, after that experience with Thielen stepping in and not being able to go, that they're going to be really conservative now with him. So not practicing. I don't expect him to play this week. Keep this in mind. They have a bye in Week 12. Yeah. And so I, it, this might not be the only week you don't see Adam Thielen. If you're thinking about it, it might be this week and next week Oof. as well. Uh, and then they have a buy-in week 12. So you'd be without him for three more weeks. Uh, moving down to Dallas, Amari Cooper with his knee banged up. And uh, th- there was some real concern about what was going on. Now, not not as much. So looking like Amari Cooper will be back. Um, Sterling Shepard, we already alluded to his situation with the concussion issue. Obviously, last week we got news on Sunday in our show that he was not going to play Monday night. After he had actually uh, cleared the concussion protocol, just a reminder that these things can go sideways. When you're dealing with this kind of injury, you can be feeling well, and then all of a sudden you're not. Uh, Again, they have said now, just to be clear, they are not talking about injured reserve as a possibility for him. They're really just starting trying to work day-to-day through his health issues and get him back through the concussion protocol. So I wouldn't make any assumptions that he's gone for good. um, But certainly um, I think even though he was out doing some stretching with the team this week, I think the expectation is uh, that he will not be there. Evan Ingram, same team, midfoot injury. These are the ones that are really problematic because they can start off looking like not such a bad thing. Now I've seen a few things written and let me just clarify Midfoot injury, he, reportedly Evan Ingram had what they called a low-grade midfoot sprain. And then I saw some places that it was written, well, thank goodness it's not a Frank injury. It is. <laughs> if you have an injury in the midfoot, if you have a sprain in the midfoot, it is a Frank injury. But there is a wide range of severity. If it's considered stable, then it's not a surgical situation. You let them rest, you rehab, and you hope that they can come back um without anything significant. But that range of return, guys, is two to eight weeks. Doink. So when you're talking about what's going to happen with Evan Ingram, it's not going to play this week, but there's no way to put a lockdown on his time. And then lastly, Delaney Walker, still out likely again, unless something changes drastically today. He hasn't practiced yet this week. Obviously, W. Smith has stepped in. This is his surgically repaired ankle that's been a problem for him. So they're, they're definitely not going to push it.
2: So, uh, obviously, you're going to need to make other plans if you have Evan Ingram.
1: The tight end position just gets super, super thin in an already thin spot. And again, six teams on a bye. No Zach Ertz, no Dallas Goddard, for example, no Darren Fells, for example, no Jeremy Sprinkle also not (laughs) playing this weekend. We're going to come back and talk about the Colts and the Dolphins game. But before we get to that, a quick word from our friends at the Fantasy Show. You
3: in the, fantasy, focus. Fantasy, fantasy, focus.
1: Uh, the Colts host the all-of-a-sudden Frisky Dolphins on Sunday. And for Indianapolis, quarterback Jacoby Brissett has practiced on a limited basis so far this week. No clarity as of yet as to whether he will return to the lineup or whether it will be Brian Hoyer under center. That being said, what we're about to say about Zach Pascal after we talk about Devontae Parker is not merely dependent upon Jacoby Brissett playing. Ryan Hoyer is absolutely a capable fill-in quarterback. But let's begin with Parker because after Preston Williams... If ever there was a week for a backup to start, it's when you're at home against the Dolphins. Yes, but um, let's begin with the Dolphins. No more Preston Williams this season after tearing his ACL and landing on IR. The team does have Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant and some other guys that have made some contributions during their tenure there. Actually, both paid pretty reasonable My- money.
2: Mike Gasaki, Mike Mike D- Gasicki. G- G- Should- S- oh, I'm having trouble with last names today. Mike, Mike Gisikhi, uh the
1: tight end out of Penn State, who um, had a nice game. He did 5 for 95 last week, but we do believe that uh, the player who I think going forward is the primary target of their passing game is Devontae Parker. Sure who scored in four of five games. It only took the, how many I was, years? Gonna, I was just going to say, the, 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 year five the, always year, the year five breakout.
3: Yeah, it was like the year, I was going to say, is it five or it's six? It's five for Devontae Parker. Yeah, so
1: it's not that Parker, uh, we expect the touchdowns to continue in droves. It's just that the targets should be there. Uh, Preston Williams was up like eight plus targets per game. So Parker cracks... Uh, is a flex play now. He has sort of worked his way into wide receiver pl- uh, three or flex consideration, depending on your league size and what your other options are. He has actually shown really well, and this Colts defense is solid and tough, and 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 definitely exceeds expectations regularly. But not this is not the you know the Patriots or the Forty Nine ers secondary that Devontae Parker and Ryan Fitzmagic are going to be thrown against on Sunday. Any yeah. disagreement there? Nope, okay. not disagreement at all. Okay. Again, like. Look, they're gonna
2: have to score to keep up with the Colts. They're gonna yeah. have to throw and as long as Ryan Fitzpatrick's under center, like he's a professional quarterback who has supported multiple fantasy relevant wide receivers. Like it it's was gonna be pretty
1: professional but... backup quarterbacks yep. here in this he, game, right? He one hundred percent is. All right, moving along to Zach Pascal, who again no TY Hilton so far in practice this week. Yeah. Don't I'd expect, expect him, him on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Pascal had uh I believe it was seven catches this past week. He has been charged with just one drop in his career, so he's reliable. No Paris Campbell on Sunday for them. Twelve catches on 14 targets over the last
2: three games, four touchdowns in the four career games where he's gotten three or more targets. We expect him to get three or more targets here.
1: Five for 76, I should say, earlier in Week 9. So he's become the guy, sort of, in that Indianapolis passing game. Another flex consideration in a super deep league. I know that I just saw you pick up Chester Rogers in the war room. Look, the dolphins are bad
2: against the slot and so Chester Rogers runs the most routes out of the slot on the Indianapolis Colts uh you know with T.Y. Hilton out and so yeah Chester Rogers I think again 16 team league I I have Evan Ingram in that league yeah. so he's up. he's out and I have Terry McLaurin on a bye so again and James, you know, James Conner yep. banged up as well so yeah I'm uh yeah <laughs> I'm starting Chester Rogers against uh Scott Clark.
1: Well, I mentioned, I mentioned earlier how I am actually starting, or at least planning to start, Kareem Hunt. The only other option in my lineup that I have available is Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon was limited in his first practice in which the Seahawks had to submit a practice report. It's an ankle injury. I presume it's residual because he was placed on IR with the Patriots because of a knee issue. He was also, at the time, limited by an ankle issue. Um, it sounds that they seem to be speaking about a guy that's going to play on Monday night. Yeah. For the same question that I posed, though, on Kareem Hunt, and maybe I'm doing this for selfish reasons, could he crack your lineup on Monday night?
2: No, I mean, look, anything's possible. I suppose I get it. You'd have to be pretty desperate, but like, I'd prefer Kareem Hunt to Josh Gordon if that's a decision you guys are making. That's if I was, debating, yeah. yeah, I would, I would prefer Kareem Hunt. I'll play Josh running Gordon back. Out. It's easier. Like he's <laughs> been in that building. No, but like he's been in the building since since the summer. Like, no, and no, it's, I, a, and I, it's I a running back, and you know, there's a better chance at a touchdown here. It's also a better matchup. For him, like Josh Gordon, the other part is not only did he just get there, right, and we don't know if he's 100% healthy, but he's facing the 49ers. The Stefania's formerly terrible, formerly crappily, formerly awful, awful formerly uh, laughingstock of the league to undefeated, last remaining undefeated team. In the NFL, a juggernaut, the San Francisco 49ers, and it's been their defense field that's been so fantastic. They have the highest sack percentage in the league. They're, they're allowing the second fewest yards per pass attempt. Like, there's all sorts of— I have no idea
3: of, how happy it makes me to hear I you mean, me having Stefania, to this over and over after you just railed on my defense for well, a couple years straight. And deservedly so. Yes. But— uh, I call it like I see him. And so you have to sit here and say all these wonderful things. Last four weeks, they had the number knowing. one
2: scoring defense in the NFL, the number one pass defense in the NFL. He just got there. For me, the activation of Josh Gordon is more about taking DK Metcalf and lowering his fantasy value than it is getting excited about Josh Gordon and his Seahawks debut.
1: Well, the other part of the Josh Gordon equation is, again, and we sort of already stated this, but they play on Monday night, so if you're holding out for Josh Gordon – Unless you have, like, you know, a potential extra bench spot and you can drop somebody and pick up Jerron Brown last minute, like, you're going to be in a little bit of a pickle. Um, We hope that Josh Gordon finds a consistent role, but maybe give it a week or two or maybe more to see if it actually comes together in Seattle. Uh, We talked a little bit about the quarterbacks involved in this game, the Snoopy Bowl, which is what they call it when the Giants and the Jets both play. It may not be pretty. Uh, in real football standards, but it might be useful for fantasy football. We talked about the quarterbacks earlier and the defenses earlier, so how about some of the non-obvious parts, like not Le'Veon Bell, not Saquon Barkley, I guess specifically the wide receivers. Which wide receivers do you have the most belief in this week in these two teams, or when these two teams square off?
2: Well, I think Golden Tate. You know, Golden Tate's... number one, yeah. Yeah, Golden Tate, I mean, look, he's had at least six targets in every game so far this season, 14 catches on 16 targets the last two weeks. No Sterling Shepard, no Evan Ingram in this one. And so a good matchup uh, A good matchup against the Jets, right? I mean, Jets are 23rd against the pass over the last four weeks. And so Golden Tate should have a nice game here. He's the guy of this four that I would have the most confidence in uh, among all the pass catchers, among the Jets and the Giants that are going
1: to play. Yeah, I feel the same way. And then I think going forward, it gets, you start with the slot guys, right? Right. And then you go to the the perimeter players. Right. right. Robbie Anderson and Darius Slayton would be our bottom two
2: here. Yeah. So I prefer, I would, I would, here's how I would rank them Golden Tate. Yep. Jamison Crowder,
1: Robbie Anderson, Darius Slayton. And we both agree that Golden Tate is a wide receiver three. Jamison Crowder is like a low end wide receiver three. Anderson, a wide receiver four. And then Slayton. With upside, though. Yeah. I mean, mean, look, because
2: the way you beat the Giants is, is by throwing deep, and obviously. Look, Sam Darnold has not played well so far this year. Robbie Anderson's been very inconsistent. But if ever there was a game for Robbie Anderson, this is it.
1: God, I hope so. I hope the light turns on for Robbie Anderson. He's now got, what, seven games left in his restricted free agent season. He's potentially going to cash in in March, but he's got to play really well down the stretch for the Jets. We had some fun the last time we picked the game between the Jets and the Dolphins last week. It may not be pretty, but somebody has to win. Would you guys like to pick this game for fun?
2: I will take the Giants.
1: I'll need the Giants as well.
3: I don't feel that strongly about it, but I guess I'm taking the Giants. Like, ew. Use your big girl Clean voice. sweep. I know. I'm trying to mumble it. It's
0: yeah, tough. exactly. It's tough because I think I don't. I don't trust the jets am i supposed to take should i just be contradictory just to do it
3: well that's that's you're, Why not? you're exactly where i was Where like do i play contrarian but you know what
0: yeah i'll take the jets there you wow. go wow
3: <laughs> okay. daniel stop
1: said with strong conviction right there all right we got daniel taking the jets the rest of us are taking the giants a few reminders Fantasy football now is on on Sunday, and as far as I know, we are on our regular 10 a.m. Eastern time. That's right, ESPN two. ESPN two. We'll be there with all the latest information. Certainly, a lot of question marks going into oh, Sunday. Yeah. By
3: That'll the way, a lot of question. By the way, speaking
2: guys. to the um speak. By the way, we didn't mention this. Just as long as we're on this game, but the fantasy life app. You know, the yeah. alerts absolutely crushed. Right. Just got one. I got one 24 minutes ago while we were where we were I mean, doing yes. the show. Adam Gay says it looks good for Le'Veon Bell and Chris Herndon to play on Sunday. That is a tweet from Brian Costello.
3: That's that's good. Uh, so Bell, that reinforces what we said about Le'Veon Bell. Chris Herndon is a guy we've been watching for two weeks. Remember, we thought he might be active and then not playing. Like that's that's where we were a week ago. So we knew he was making some progress coming off the hamstring injury. But this, hey. There's help for somebody who's thin at tight end. If, you're, if you maybe yeah. was dropped in your league, there's yep. a, I'm a little, cautious little nervous on,
1: little nervous on Chris Herndon. Although again, desperate times call for desperate measures, yeah, six teams on a buy other yeah. injuries. If someone already snagged someone like John U. Smith, for example, but really looking forward to Chris Herndon, who is one of my favorite keeper tight ends in fantasy football. There's a lot of talent to be tapped into. It's just a matter yep. of whether he gets healthy and the jets decide they want to run a functional offense. As we mentioned, fantasy football now, The fantasy show is on ESPN plus right now. It is
2: indeed. Go check out the love, hate tag team written by field, Matt Bowen and Tristan Cockroft. So check, check that out.
3: out. You know what? I read it right away when I saw that. No, it, it it. it's, it
2: was... it's the most, it's the most
1: read version of love, hate in the history of ESPN.com. I tried my maybe, best to write like Matthew, which we'll see. You guys can decide what you think about that. You guys can decide whether it was an effort in vain or whether it was an effort that actually worked out in my favor. Um. Anything else? Stefania's got some stuff over the weekend, as always. Follow her on Instagram, StefaniaB87, or Stefania underscore ESPN on Twitter.
3: And if you're out there at Monday Night Football, say
1: hi. Say hello to. Oh, that's Stefania, right. Boondoggling football. Stefania's boondoggling. is boondoggling her way all she may the way. Never return right. back to Bristol. Um, Look, if
3: they win, I just I'm going to be more insufferable than I already was. So
1: I don't you know, believe that's possible. We <laughs> you know the word, by the way. Everybody knows that Matthew is at Matthew Barrett TMR on all forms of social media except for the Fantasy Life app. But I had a question. Yes, sir. You created this app, right? I, uh, yes, I okay. co-founded it. Yep. Okay, you co-founded this app. How did you not name yourself Matthew Barry TMR on that? You know, is what? there a character's limit?
2: No, <laughs> there wasn't a character. There wasn't a character limit. I just, I don't know. I just is there a Matthew
1: Barry TMR on the Fantasy Life app?
2: There is not. There is not. Don't you know? So like no no ha- I actually have both names, and I just went with that Matthew Barry. I always wanted to be at Matthew Barry, but somebody beat me to at Matthew Barry on Twitter. And so I went with the TMR, with and then just as as Snapchat and Instagram and you know all the other social media networks have taken off, I've just sort of kept the same name. You've but. been
1: bringing it on TikTok recently.
2: I, I I don't know if I signed up for TikTok yet. I, ooh, I better I better do
1: that right now before someone
2: takes it. Thanks, um, Field. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Field. It's Russian gone. bot no, at Matthew like, Barry, TMR. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly.
1: All right, Matthew needs to change his name on the Fantasy Life app. Other than that, we'll talk to you guys on Sunday. Peace out.
2: He's a fantasy guru, in a boat on an island, going full Hainsworth without even trying. Award-winning creations, like his news or noise segment, are reasons we all love the cut of his jib.
3: Searching for
0: a field shoe in a pile of junk When you lose a bet You have one year to pay He's the king of
2: football fantasy He's Matthew
1: Berry, he's Matthew Berry GEICO presents Left Brain versus Right Brain. I've decided it's a sensible decision to switch to GEICO. Okay, I feel ya. We could save ourselves hundreds of dollars a year on
2: car insurance. Oh, and then airbrush a Pegasus on the side of our hatchback.
1: No, we will not airbrush a Pegasus on the side of our hatchback. We will reinvest that savings in a high-yield investment like a mutual fund. <laughs> oh, a Pegasus riding a jet ski playing a bass guitar. I cannot believe we share the same medulla. GEICO.
3: 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.